0: Welcome
1: back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910, the Fan, now at 105 One FM, broadcasting live from Radio Row here for the Bud Light Big Game Week Five live shows from Vegas, and we got a very special guest joining us right now: fantasy football expert and diehard Commanders fan Matthew Barry. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Hail the commanders! Hail victory! How many How many
0: radio rows have you done now? Uh, in term in terms of years, yeah, 13, yeah. something. A long time. I came to ESPN in two thousand seven, and probably didn't get out to the Super Bowl. I think it's probably so probably two thousand nine. So what? How long is
1: that? Yeah, fourteen you know, years or so. Fourteen probably.
0: years, and I've missed a year. To, I missed a year for the birth of my daughters, and so like you know. So, yeah, probably like 12 or 13.
1: I love that. So this is my first Radio Row experience here. I just think it's so cool how you got, like, every single TV station around the outside. Oh, yeah. And it'll fill up. Like, this is a Monday morning, and so there's not a lot of people
0: here. You'll see by, like, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Thursday and Friday will be crazy here today uh, at at Radio Row. Just, you know, uh, especially because it's always crazy because it's the Super Bowl. And especially as it gets closer, you've got a lot of people that want to, you know, uh, promote their products, promote their shows, promote whatever. And then you've got you've got a you know you've got a great matchup uh, between two teams, and it's Vegas. Who doesn't want to go to Vegas? Yeah. So I think a lot of a lot of players, celebrities, spokespeople that normally would skip the Super Bowl, are like oh, I'll, I'll go to Vegas on somebody's
1: dime for a couple of days. You know, so um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. So we've been taking phone calls all show long, mm-hmm. a little bit of back and forth. Some people really like Cliff Kingsbury the hire. Sure. A lot of people against it. What do you think? I'm somewhere in between. Really?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, like, so here's the positives of Cliff Kingsbury, is that I think uh, young quarterbacks like him. If we start with a premise that, like, we believe that it's going to, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May or maybe Jaden Daniels, but the commanders are going to use their first-round pick this year on a franchise quarterback. And who d- helps develop that quarterback is vastly important above all else, Right. He is good at that. Kyler Murray was offensive rookie of the year when he was drafted by Cliff Kingsbury. And I think people forget, Kingsbury took over the Cardinals. And the year before, the organization, Arizona, had used a top 10 overall pick on Josh Rosen. That's right. And he was like, and people were like, well, you take in Kyler and everything like that. What about Josh Rosen? Don't you need to you know fix Josh Rosen? And you used a first-round pick on this guy. And Cliff Kingsbury stuck to his guns. It was like, absolutely not. I'm I'm using the number one overall pick. I don't care that we used the first round pick last year on Josh Rosen. We're drafting Kyler Murray and we're drafting him number one overall. And obviously, history has proven that was the right that was the right decision, you know, in a significant way. And so I think he can sort of point to that. and He can sport point to the fact that you know Kyler Murray has become one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL and his development and just you know as you talk to quarterbacks, like Caleb Williams obviously is a huge fan of Cliff as well. And yeah. so I think that is really really um a positive if there's a negative here you know like as a head coach he the the results haven't been there his his offenses overall in arizona were middle of the pack if you start looking at the numbers you know he runs a lot of four wide and you sort of look at the personnel and like is he going to be a coach that comes in and says what's the what's the best thing i can do for the commander's offense all right, I got Terry McLaurin, I got Jahan Dotson, right? I got, I got two good running backs in Robinson and Gibson. What can I do here? Or is it going to be like, I'm, I don't care. We're doing, we're doing my air raid offense, and, you know, we'll figure it out. And sorry, but Byron Pringle's going to, you know, run a route on 70% <laughs> of snaps. And you're like, what are we doing here, people? So yeah. it's, that's, that's the one concern uh, that I have uh, there is, you know, will he, will he adapt to the personnel that we have? Um, or will it just be sort of we're going to run our offense? I remember I tweeted something out about Kingsbury being hired, and uh, one of my followers tweeted back, he, you know, because I was like, I think I can get into this. And one of my tweet, uh, one of my followers tweeted back, he says, Wait till he turns Johan Dotson into Rondell Moore, you'll think twice. <laughs> and I'm like, Ah, you know what? Fair. Yeah.
1: Right. So. Well, you mentioned the Josh Rosen thing. That might happen with Sam Howell, right, where it's like, hey, you could have had a guy that wants to fix him. He's going to come in and say, no, probably going to draft Caleb or Jaden Daniels, work with a guy that I want to work with. The reason I really like Kingsbury is Dan Quinn will focus on the defensive side of the ball. And Kingsbury didn't work in Arizona. Probably he's not a good leader of men, right, and that's the word they kept using. So if he's just focusing on the offensive side of the ball, I think he's a good offensive mind.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like there are a lot of people in the NFL that are really good coordinators that shouldn't be head coaches. I think Josh McDaniels is sort of the poster boy for that. Right. Yeah. Josh, like you know, like it hasn't worked out as a head coach for Josh McDaniels, but you can't tell me Josh McDaniels doesn't know how to call an offense. Right. He does. Right. And you know, on the defensive side of the ball, Vic Fangio is an, is is a guy, right? You know, that uh, that hasn't worked out as a head coach, but is a great defensive coordinator. And so, and right, and to date that's been the knock on Dan Quinn great i mean no one questions his defensive coordinator you know credentials he was great in Dallas he's great in Seattle it's jury's out on whether he can be a head coach we'll see second time around if it works out for him but there are players there are people that are better as coordinators than they are as head coaches and i think um, to your point I think Kingsbury will be better as a head as a as a coordinator than having to worry about all the things that a head coach has to work about which is worry about which is really like being the CEO of a company yeah like and you're having to deal with the media in a way and you're having to deal with you know you know hey when are we eating I mean like just <laughs> no but dumb stuff like that hey when do you want the team bus to leave you know do you, when do you want to arrive in the you know the the city and it's just a bunch of dumb BS that <laughs> um, that you have to deal with there so that's the hope there. Uh, th- that's a big question. You bring up Howell, what you do with Sam Howell. It's interesting. Uh, I think Sam Howell, we, we we had this conversation on my show on, on uh, Fantasy Football Happy Hour that I do for NBC Sports and Peacock. Yeah. And I said, like, I think as of right now, I think Sam Howell is a top 20-ish quarterback in the NFL. I, like... There were some, you know, play got worse towards the as the season went on, but also like every game, he made some throws. you were like, damn. Yeah. He made some plays and he made some throws, and again, bad offensive line, and the team was, you know, somewhat dysfunctional. It's and hard
1: to judge him when the defense is last place.
0: Last place, you're constantly in, you're constantly a negative game script. It felt like Ron had checked out for much of the season, yeah. and I, you know, so I don't know that. You, and it's his first year as a starter. Um, so I'm a, I'm a Sam Howell believer. Uh, and so there's a school of thought where, you know, Hey, why don't you just, you know, having multiple quarterbacks is never a bad thing, right? I mean, think about, think about how important it was back in the day when they had RG3 and Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You know, and everyone thought, why are we drafting? R- we just traded up for RG3. Why are we using a fourth round pick on Cousins? And like a couple of years later, you're like, thank goodness we did. <laughs> um, so you can never have too many like good quarterbacks or young quarterbacks, but, so I know there's that school of thought, but I wonder if there's a school of thought where see what you could get for Howell on a trade. Ooh. Because there's definitely going to be teams out there that need quarterbacks that, that are going to be starting quarterbacks worse than Sam Howell next year. Yeah, uh, We're in a league, you know, the NFL, Tim Boyle started three games last year. Right. I mean, I'm, like, the year of the backup quarterback. The year of the backup quarterback. And to that point, I wonder if you're better served By seeing what you could get for Howell, could you get a second or a third for Howell? Probably closer to third. But could you get something for Howell? And then uh, you keep Jacoby Brissett, Mm -hmm. who is a great, you know, I don't know if Jacoby Brissett wants that. I think Jacoby Brissett will have a very healthy market on the free agency. But, like, the assigned Jacoby Brissett, you know, who could be a good mentor to whoever the new quarterback is and is a very capable backup.
1: And what I'm most excited for with this offseason, I've been calling it the craziest offseason in 30 years for the commanders here, sure. finally the change of ownership. Yes. And then you hire Adam Peters. Do you, is that a home run hire to you?
0: I think that's a home run hire. Right. I was very excited about Adam Peters. I think the jury's still out on, on, um, on Quinn and Kingsbury. I think it seems like from the outside they you know, they had their, set, their sights set on Ben Johnson and just ultra-focused on that. And who knows where and how that went south. But it did, and then by the time that went south, they were sort of kind of looking around, and, and so we'll see. But I think Peters is a home run hire. I'm a big fan of Josh Harris and the new ownership group, and so I'm going to, to quote one of Harris's other uh, pro teams. I'm going to trust the process.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And the Ben Johnson thing, you know, we all wanted him. We were told yeah, sure. that he's the sexy, young offensive mind. But at one point, Cliff Kingsbury was that young, sexy offensive sure, sure. mind. Right? So it could be that in three years we're not talking about Ben Johnson as the next up-and-coming guy. I will say this
0: about Kingsbury right I mean people forget like I think it was I want to say it was his second year the Cardinals were in first place in the NFL 7-0. they were seven and0 and Kingsbury was being talked about as coach of the year he yeah. was the favorite he was the betting favorite for coach of the year and then sort of the you know the wheels fell off and they had some injuries and everything like that but yes there was a there was a moment in time so um, the fact of the matter is is that he's had some time away from the NFL and I think sometimes that can be good uh, It seems like that worked for Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan, but you know, (laughs) listen. I mean, you know, the Cowboys' offense looked great this year. Yeah, it
1: really did. Dan Quinn. Last thing I want to ask you about him. To me, it's kind of Pete Carroll meets Dan Campbell, right? Like young at heart, backwards hat can fire these guys up. I think he's going to inspire the team. He is.
0: This is something I said on social, which is uh, Dan Quinn can coach. And I think the big, uh, you know, I got a lot of reactions to people know I'm a Commanders fan. And so, you know, a lot of my fan base will tweet at me, Commander stuff. And a lot of people were like, ah, it's Ron Rivera 2.0. It's Rivera 2.0. Right. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a head coach that was kind of a 500 guy in the NFC South, not a great division, who had one great year where he went to the Super Bowl. And, you know, and the, and the anti-Quinn argument is, is that those years were all with Kyle Shanahan as his coordinator, right? Yeah. And so... The reason I don't think it's it's, it's uh, Rivera 2.0 is, number one, is Adam Peters is going to be in charge of the personnel. Yes. Rivera, you know, from top to bottom, had say over everything when he came in. And so, um, and sometimes that's tough. And so Peters, in terms of what he helped build in San Francisco, I think is important. So the fact is, Quinn will obviously have a say in personnel, but it's not going to be just him. And hopefully he's learned something, you know, uh, um, in his time, since he was since he was a head coach, by all accounts, he is a great leader that players respect him and respond to him in a big way as yeah. well. He's a great motivator. You can't question the numbers on the defense, although it'd be nice if you know he was bringing Micah Parsons with him. Right, He's right. not, <laughs> but still, like I, I again, like Dan Quinn can coach. It's just the weather. can he can he get them over the hump? Is he the right guy to bring this organization forward? You know and. But I think a lot will be determined on, you know, it's not just it's not just the quarterback. Who do we get it to? But, you know, we have five picks in the first 100. Yeah. We have, like, you know, we're, what is it, 70 million under the cap? Right. You know, we have 70, like, what do we do in free agency? How does that fit? Who do we who else do we draft? Like, you know, we've got to. The vision
1: has to align where Peters drafts guys that are Dan Quinn-developed talent, right? He drafts guys that can work with Kingsbury. It's got to be in line like that.
0: That's correct. I mean, we're very, like, here's the, I mean, like. I give Ron Rivera a ton of credit because he came into a situation that was awful and much worse than even we knew at the time, <laughs> right? Just he, he inherited just a big bag of, you know.
1: BS. <laughs> BS.
0: And, um, and, and so, you know, from a culture standpoint, I think he had a great impact and everything like that, right? Um, but the, the, the downside is is that, you know, he's a terrible drafter. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, and worse with free agency, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, like, I, Jahan Dotson, okay, um, Cam Curl, maybe Robinson and Gibson. Like, other than those four draft picks in four years, name a pick that
1: Rivera nailed. Right, you can't. Right, you really can't, and that's the problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. A- and so you know, I mean, the the offensive line is uh, is objectively worse four years later, you know, and not all that's on Rivera. I mean, you know, I. I maintain that not only was Dan Snyder the worst owner in professional sports history, Bruce Allen was the worst general manager. Botching the Trent Williams situation. Th- Trent, I mean, there's a million things, but yes, Trent Williams exactly. Yeah, like he he completely botched that. He he botched the Cousins thing. Cousins wanted to stay. Cousins actually got along with Snyder. It was Bruce Allen mm. um, that uh, that that killed the the Cousins thing. He just wasn't going to play for Bruce Allen. Yeah
1: frustrating but
0: yes but there's hope there's hope it's a new day i'm trusting the process i'm very excited the fact of the matter is is that i thought i was never going to get rid of dan snyder in my lifetime right i thought, right. I, <laughs> thought I was going to die a commander's fan or washington <laughs> fan um and dan snyder would still be my owner and so the fact that i get to enjoy a team that at least i'm a proud to root for right because that was always the thing like you were a commander's fan and you know like people know i'm a commander's fan and they come up to me and say hey did to see the? Did you see the
1: story? Right, right.
0: And you'd have to be like, which one?
1: Right, right, right. Which scandal? Right. <laughs> which lawsuit? Which investigation?
0: <laughs> which congressional hearing are we talking about this time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, every day there was a different story and a different DA that was filing a lawsuit and a different scan And so, you were embarrassed. And people would be like, oh, you, why do you root for that team? Yeah. And now, at least, I think you can, you know, there's hope, to your point.
1: Matthew, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it.
0: Always my pleasure. Always happy to talk, Commanders. Hail, Commanders. Hail, Victory.
1: That's Matthew Barry. Follow him on social media, Matthew Barry, TMR. Check him out on NBC Sports. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan. Now at 105.1 FM, that's just the beauty of Radio Row Been following Matthew Barry's fantasy advice for a long time. Know he's a diehard Commanders fan. That was an awesome conversation. If you missed any of it, you can rewind on the Odyssey app or check out the podcast, Best of AWOD Radio, available for you on your ride home. So we've been spending most of the show talking about the Commanders hire, Dan Quinn, uh, Joe Witt, and then Cliff Kingsbury uh, yesterday as the offensive coordinator. But we had a big basketball game. In the Commonwealth over the weekend, with Shoga and Kwani sparking VCU to giving the Richmond Spiders their first A10 loss of the season. So, I wanted to do a little inside the Ram Horns here as the 92nd Capital City Classic won by VCU 63 to 52 on Saturday. It was a sold out crowd and uh, it was an exciting game. Look, In the first half, we're talking about a game here that was a defensive rock fight. We talked all last season about how this VCU team here defensively cannot have breakdowns, right? And the man, if you watch the Richmond offense, it is so much fun to watch. And it's also infuriating seeing how many screens they run. And they run Jordan King in circles to get him open. And then when that happens, when you overload the... the, the uh, screen. They go backdoor, and they started hitting on some backdoor cuts, but VCU stuck with it, and they really talked and communicated well with their switches, hedging screens. I thought the big men played much better. I'm talking about Christian Furman and Toby Lowell defensively. As the Rams won this game 63-52, to led by Max Sholga and graduate forward Kwani Kwani's 15 points each. As the Rams... Push past the Spiders in the second half, and that was the best part about this. Yes, it's the Capital City Classic. It's always going to be sell, sold out. It's always going to be an awesome game, but this one had more to the rivalry. Number one, all right, it was the first time you get Coach Odom against Coach Mooney. Coach Odom in his first year, Coach Mooney was not the coach last season for Richmond as he was dealing with that heart issue. Glad to have him back on the court. He's an excellent coach and led the Spiders to an undefeated 8-10 record. 8-0 coming into that game. So you had VCU taking on an undefeated Spiders team and also the first player ever to play for both teams in the Capital City Classic. That was Jason Nelson and I thought he really had a solid game for the Rams. Got another start with Sean Barstow who was ruled out just before the game. So Jason Nelson in another start. Gets six points. Three... Re- three rebounds, which is a lot for a small guard, and three assists, including one steal. He had a plus 10 in the plus minus. And in fact, every person that played for VCU, they only went eight deep against Richmond, had a positive score in the plus minus. It really was a team effort, right? You got 15 from Shulga, 15 from Kwani Kwani, and they needed... Those two guys to provide the made free throws and the three-point shooting. But also, like Zeb Jackson, a quiet 7.6 assists, five rebounds, a triple nickel from your captain, Zeb Jackson. As a team, they outscored the Spiders 13-0 in terms of bench points. That's Joe Bamisil and Joe uh, Joe Bamisil. Toby Lawall and Michael Bell combining for 13. Richmond got zero points from their starters. And then just being able to lock down defensively against a guy like Jordan King, who is really impressive with his speed and ball handling. And he can hit a couple tough shots. In fact, all three of his makes, I'd say two of them were tough shots. He did have the one play where he stole the ball and got the layup, but then that was part of the 11-0 personal run by Max Sholga where you just couldn't stop him. He hit two three-point shots, then they fouled him on the third, made all three, three free throws, stole the ball from Jordan King, finished with a dunk. That was part of a big run that gave VCU a seven-point lead, and they were able to hold on from there. Let's take a listen to Robbie Robinson on the call for the Max Sholga steal and slam that gave the Rams the lead, 44-37. to Here's the call from Robbie Robinson on 910
2: The Fan. Going to the hoop. Oh, Shulga picks his pocket. He's going in for the slam. Oh, my. 6.24 to go, and Shulga shows emotion like we have not seen.
1: And then Coach Mooney would make his adjustments, and the Spiders would cut into the lead. They made it six. They made it five after trading buckets. Got the lead down to four. And then a cross-court pass from Zeb Jackson, I believe, to find Kwani Kwani for this three that extended the Rams' lead once again to seven at 50 to 43.
2: Zeb guarded by Hunt, drives the lane. Zeb stops, fires it to Kwani. He shoots a (laughs) three-pointer. Bullseye! Oh my! Three starting to come now for the Rams and bunches. Back to seven.
1: And Kwani is now averaging 11 points a game over the past six games. A guy that missed, 17 straight three-pointers to start the season is now shooting since then about 50% from three. He's just been on fire. That was a clutch shot. And then the Spiders had to go with their full-court press. And to me, they had a little bit of success with the full-court press. I was going to ask Coach Mooney about that after the game. Does he regret not going to that full-court press Earlier in the second half, as it caused VCU to cough it up a few times, the Spiders cut into the lead. But then it was Zeb Jackson finding Jason Nelson, who took two dribbles and threw it all the way down court to a wide open Toby LaWall for the dunk. Let's take a listen once again to Robbie Robinson on the call. Zeb dribbles baseline, almost stepped on the sideline, gets to Nelson. Nelson
2: feeds it all the way to LaWall. He catches, and LaWall dunks, and he smelled. An And one for Toby LaWall!
1: I think a big part of the difference also was the Rams' free throw shooting. It has been at an all-time high this season. The Rams hit 18 of 20 to win the Capital City Classic over undefeated in the A-10, the Richmond Spiders. The Rams stomped the Spiders, and you heard it right here on 910 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to A Wide Radio. When we return, you will hear from... Dan Quinn, the new head coach of the Washington Commanders, with the introductory press conference live on The Fan. The Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105 one FM in just a few minutes here, head coach Dan Quinn is going to step to the podium for his introductory press conference. I'm interested to see who the two other members of the front office are are that will sit up there with Dan Quinn, who probably end up being Josh Harris, uh, the owner, and Adam Peters, your team GM, as we are broadcasting live from Vegas here for the Bud Light Big Game Week. Stub, before we get to the press conference here, as we have a few extra minutes, I did see that... Uh, you sent me, there's meatballs in studio. Can we do a little impromptu dude food? Because I want to tell you about the experience I had at the Thai restaurant last night with Michael Phillips. Yeah, we can. Uh, it, there was uh, the soup herbal at a, at um, in ah. the office today. Yeah, so there was some soup as well as some other snacks. Shout out to Josh for bringing some up to me. The meatballs were the same as we had last time with the fantastic sauce. And I had a really good chicken slider. I don't know who made that. There we go. All right, so let's get to the reviews. here on an impromptu version of Dude Food. Dude! Food! We're not
3: responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my
1: food? Dude, where's my food? food? The
0: most delicious food you've ever yes. tasted. How can he off a flip
1: flop? Who loves food? Dude! Food! So stub, last time we had the meatballs, I said they were so good, I, I would bathe in that sauce. Is the I do sauce remember that slapping as hard oh, as it's it did. last Slapping time? as hard as it did last time, without a doubt. That's awesome. Got what some mashed potatoes eating? too. Like I said, that chicken slider, and uh, I had a bit of soup. That was that was the meal oh. for the day. Okay, nice. So last night we went to uh, some Thai place, something Saigon or something. Uh, Michael Phillips was talking it up. I was thinking, oh yeah, it's late night. I mean, it was basically. 2 a.m. in the East Coast, right? It was like 11 o'clock last night. People in Vegas were still going out to dinner, and we were trying to figure out what to eat. And Mike, Michael suggested, oh, we could grab a slice of pizza. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's great. We get pizza. We could get like a Shake Shack, a burger, chicken tenders. And then he says, or we can go get Thai food. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold your horses, Michael. You're telling me Thai food's an option here? So we went and checked it out. We both uh, did uh, you know, family style, got the garlic shrimp as an appetizer and then split drunken noodles and fried rice stuff have you ever had drunken noodles before i i think so it's not recent enough to remember what it is (laughs) <laughs> Drunken noodles are delicious. They're they're like that really skinny noodle uh, that you have, and it's spicy. We both got it with chicken. The fried rice w- was terrific, and it was it was a really great meal. Funny part though, I said you know here we're, we're here for the Bud Light Big Game Week. I tried to order a Bud Light at the Thai restaurant. They they only had they type like Thai beers, so oh. I was not able to get a Bud Light there, uh, but I did get one at the Sportsbook. And so, yeah, we had a really good meal. But the best thing we have eaten so far, though, was this Mexican restaurant that is in the mall in between Luxor and Mandalay Bay. I'm telling you, I think I might have had the best steak quesadilla I've ever had in my Ooh. entire life. It was so good. It was cheesy. The steak was cooked perfectly. And uh, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So we're waiting for the commanders uh, to step to the podium here. Oh, They are sitting down right now. All right, let's take a listen to Dan Quinn, Josh Harris, and Adam Peters here live from the podium here for the introductory press conference for your next head coach, Dan Quinn.
4: Mitch, Mark, uh, Irvin Johnson, David Blitzer, and the rest of the ownership group for uh, supporting me. And also uh, Rick Spielman and Bob Myers Uh, they were incredible during the process so thanks thanks you all for the help Um, today when we when Adam and I were last here we told you we were gonna go find the best leader for Washington football someone that we felt would lead Washington to be an elite franchise and Dan I'm so excited (laughs) that we're here together Uh, and welcome to Washington and so After a thorough process, we'd love to introduce you to the city here. Um, Stacy, welcome to Washington. And on behalf of the city and the DMV, thank you both for choosing uh, to be on this mission with us in support of the city. So, Dan, you've gotten down to work quickly. All I know is, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we got all together Friday and then uh, over the weekend uh, Cliff Kingsbury incredible offensive coordinator and Joe Witt incredible defense of mine uh, have joined our franchise and obviously we're very excited about those two individuals I'll let Dan uh, describe them but that's what it takes it takes being able to attract the best people uh, to create a unit to create a culture to create a system to create a team where you can then recruit uh, the best players on the field. You get, when you get the best off the field, when you bet, get the best team off the field, you get the best team on the field. On behalf of Commander's fans, I am thrilled to welcome you, Dan, Stacy, uh, Joe, and Cliff to the city of Washington. And fans, <clears throat> with your support, the future of Washington football is bright. Thank you for uh, your support. It's because of you all that everyone is here. Now I'll turn it over to Adam.
3: Thanks, Josh. Well, when we set out to hire the next head coach of the Washington Commanders, we wanted to, I said earlier, we wanted to hire the best leader for our team. And we went through a, a really thorough process, as you all know. We spoke with a ton of great candidates. But our process led us to the decision that Dan Quinn was the perfect man for the job. Coach Quinn has all the qualities we're looking for. He's an unquestionably one of the best leaders in the NFL. You can ask anybody who's been around him, coaches, players. He's a top-notch communicator, an excellent teacher and developer not only of players but of coaches. And he's smart, he's driven, and he's really more than anything a phenomenal person and just a great, great person who's going to lead this team the right way. Um, he's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. He's proven that time and time again. He can build elite coaching staff, which, which Josh alluded to. He's already started. He, he attracts talent because of the type of person and man that he is. Um, he maximizes that talent, and, and that's what we're doing. We're building a great staff, and he's, he's really kicking it off really well. He and i have a shared vision that we're going to build a team that with the play style and the identity that you guys will all love to watch the fans of the commanders not only just here in the dmv but all over the world will love watching dan's team play um, dan and i are going to be in lockstep in everything we do we already are and we will continue to be we will keep the team and staff connected he has a track record of tying building buildings together and he's going to build tie this whole building together from the lunchroom, to the meal room, to the weight room, to the equipment room, to the locker room. And that's how we're gonna do it. And we're gonna all be moving in the same direction. So I can't wait to work with Dan. We're gonna embark on a really, really fun journey together. This is gonna be a great and important off, off season. We've already started, but the work is just beginning. So with that, I wanna hand it over to our new head coach, Dan Quinn.
2: All right. Man, this is, uh, this is such an awesome moment. And what an outstanding privilege and honor and absolute joy to be sitting here uh, beside these outstanding men and joining them in this opportunity to, to have the vision of this historic franchise. So thank you to, to Josh and to Adam and to everybody in the organization and the ownership group that's, uh, that's been a part of this. So spoiler alert, you'll hear me say often, uh, be where your feet are. And actually I try not to say it I do try to live it and I'm pretty good at it too with one exception over the past few years there's five words that have probably tested my feet and my head if I get another shot and as a coach you prepare for it you study for it and there's some lessons that you can't study for there's lessons that you just have to live and sometimes through success and sometimes also through adversity But once you learn those lessons, all you want to do is grab them and run and prove it. And uh, so let me tell you, I am ready to run and prove it. Run like hell. And uh, I'm a little older, maybe a little more chrome, and uh, hopefully a little bit wiser. And uh, but I'm also incredibly grateful uh, for all of that that has led to my feet being here. And actually back to here, um, although I grew up a Jersey kid watching the NFC East, Um, For a long time and and uh, that's what football was to me. That's where my first love of it came But I also spent a good deal of my 20s here. Uh, I went to Salisbury University about two hours south of here and The best part of that was my wife Stacy and so that was the best call I ever made to say hey You want to go out? So she said yeah, and I said all right, so 29 years later here we are she is my ride-or-die and has been with me on this uh, football life that is ups and downs and uh, and it's an absolute awesome life that we share together so I also uh, did football and track there and uh, I also started my coaching career in Virginia so my first coaching career was at, uh, first coaching job was at William and Mary and uh, two guys on the team right now you'll know their names Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott so Mike was a senior wide receiver so he said all right I'll pick you up tonight we're going to the fraternity party." I said all right this coaching gigs pretty good you know like I could still do what I like to do so next thing uh, Sean was a sophomore uh, DB And relationships like those are so valuable because in this league, um, you know, it's hard. And so having guys that you can lean on uh, for a long time, that's it. So uh, those guys, too. And I also coached at VMI. So in my early 20s, Virginia was a big part. So Stacey and I, we know where we are. And uh, we know who you are. And we know what this franchise means to you and uh, what it will take to get it back to where it deserves to be. I know you're just starting to know me and that's going to take some time because building trust it always does, but I can't wait to start earning it and that includes the players, it includes the staff, every single man, woman in this organization and each and every fan because that is who makes up the entire Washington Commanders team, all of us and that's awesome because I'm going to give myself a little grace and allow one swear word here because I've done a pretty good job so far, I haven't had any and I swear a lot. (laughs) <laughs> but there is nothing I enjoy more than doing hard shit with good people. And these guys here, these are some really good people. And uh, I cannot wait to get it rocking here, I can't wait. And so we'll hit the ground running, there's lots to do. and uh, But I wanna let you know, man, I've been waiting on this moment. And uh, so to be here with you guys today, I cannot wait to get this thing rocking. So with all that said, let's begin. We'll
4: open up to
2: uh name and affiliation and a questions one Dan, this John Kime, okay, ESPN you said if i get another shot the lessons you learned what are some of the key lessons that you learned to apply that you can apply here yeah that's an awesome one john i think first and foremost um, in leaving there i wanted to make sure i did a 360 to find you know what would be some potential blind spots you know that i did and in, in a good way of trying to take on too much at times and so that's why for me coming into, you know, when I was looking to if I got another shot, there were a couple things that I wanted to find. One, you know, was from the ownership side, a team that support, you know, the general manager side to be in lockstep and have a partner with. And then the third part, you know, was like a fan base that was really wanting to go get after it. The lessons for me was, man, be right, you know, it's the players and the team. And it came from a good place of trying to help and solve problems, but make sure keep the main thing, the main thing, John. And uh, I had some time to test that in Dallas. And so that was good for me to go and do that and go through that process, because I'm a much stronger coach today than when I took over, you know, years back in Atlanta. And so, like I said earlier, man, you, you want to run with those lessons and go prove it. And the best competitive moments in my life have come when you had to go prove it. And uh, that's what I want to apply. The
4: other thing I would say is um, just having gone through the process with a bunch of people, uh, you know, Dan came in with a real vision for um, how to build a cohesive staff that work together. Uh, you know, I think it is more than just one person. Uh, it's a front office that works together uh, r- with everything analytics, sports science, player development, player selection, and then it's a coaching staff that brings a lot of both leadership and culture but also play calling and innovation uh, and and, and Dan really had all that in his head. He had a plan, and uh, he's got a few more tricks. You know, you saw this weekend, but he's got a few more tricks up his sleeve. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it was really impressive.
2: John Conn ESPN. At what point, how are you? Um, at what point were you, you know, there are obviously a lot of names that are going to come out of this. At what point were you so that Dan is the guy? And you obviously probably have known him for a while or knew of him. So what point were you so that he is the right guy for here?
3: Every time we spoke with Dan, it became more and more clear that he was the guy. And we interviewed him twice. And both times it's like we're speaking the same language. And it was really, really cool. Had a great connection. and a great shared vision. So it was almost right away that I knew Dan would be the great coach for us.
4: Hi, Nick up with the Washington Post. Um, I guess this is for Adam and Josh, first of all. I know you guys have been through various coaching searches at past stops, but working together on this one, did anything surprise you about this process? I mean, look, obviously uh, the NFL has its own unique uh, approach, its own unique rules. It's a very thorough process. Um, certainly um, there are um, times where you're allowed to talk to people and not allowed to talk to people. So what that does is it creates... You know longer process uh, and um, it was a very so it was very thorough um, and and so um, you know and then it was great working with Adam I got to see him in action uh, I got to see all the relationships that he had around the league um, I got to see how prepared he was coming into the coaching uh, search and then you know obviously uh, how he uh, bonded with candidates and how he bonded with coaching candidates and so all that uh, really i uh, reflected well on adam and i was very excited to be working with him uh, through the process
3: yeah for me nikki it was it's all new to me so it's all real surprising obviously there's a lot of different rules you have to go through um the thing that really stood out to me is is having a thorough process leads you to the right person and that that's really the big thing i'm not getting dan that's that's what happened and
4: for dan um you've you've had interviews in i think each of the last two off seasons what made this the right time for you to make this move and with this team
2: you know nikki i thought um coming in um you know as a coach who has done it before um i knew then what i was looking for you know i think when you're first going through it, it is the first time you got to go get it and you got to go take it after you've been through the experience, you want to make sure that you can align it exactly like you want to do to go kick ass. And so that's what I was, you know, looking for specific markers. Because if I wasn't going to find them, then I wasn't going to do it. And I desperately wanted to. But if the markers weren't in line to say, hey, this alignment between ownership, general manager, the club, um, I wouldn't have. So when this one was here, um, it was please call because <laughs> this one um, is different. And this franchise has a historic mark on the NFL and so that was different I knew that was different and so um, once I knew ownership I knew general manager organization like everything checked Nikki and so it was uh, the one that like was a you know a flashing light to me that say this is this is the moment this is the one coach David Aldrich with the athletic welcome to DC thanks David um,
4: a couple of questions for you one As you looked at the personnel on this team what kind of stood out to you as i can work with that i can make that work
2: yeah i thought um first side i'll start with the defense because that's you know unfortunately that's sometimes where my eyes go first but i would say uh man was i impressed you know by the inside of the defense you know with the defensive tackles and knowing that it starts up front on both sides man it's, you know defensive line and offensive line so that was the spot that jumped out to me you know is the defensive tackles and then the skill you know at receiver and you have to have elite players on the edge for the matchup so when they come david you know that's when you got to go attack so those would have been the two things that jumped out to me i certainly you know played against the club so i know about more of the offensive players and game planning and studying but uh, this receiving group you know really had skill and they would test you and push you and find matchups and so that to me of guys uh, that's where it stood out to me first Uh, number two
4: in, in our personal lives our spouses always provide this role but in your professional life who is the person that tells you that's not a good idea that that you listen to
2: yes and I think you need that right you have to have somebody that can see around the corners and knowing and protecting your blind spots and so when I referred to that person um, what I was looking for I was really referring to Adam to say in this relationship it's built on trust and we go through it together but in football you know the best of the best have this connection um, rock-solid and you know at the core because they deal with things that no one else really does, and so uh, when you win, more you know adulation. When you lose, it's harder. So having the person who's the partner to go through those experiences with is really important. And so I don't know if Bob Myers is here, but Bob and Steve had given us a little insight. I had known Steve as a friend, and I hadn't known Bob, but I saw what good looked like between a head coach and a general manager. Not just you know, and there's other sports I've seen it obviously as well, but. I wanted to do, we could do that for him and I, a goal years from now to say Dan and Adam, they did it the best that anybody's done in professional sports. And that's a super high bar. But that's the standard that we want to get it to because at the end of it, it's not about the credit or what it is, it's just about us over the long term kicking ass for a long time together. And we both share that vision, so um, on every organization and every team, you need that. and so. That's why when I said why that was so damn important to me to find the right general manager to partner up with because they're the ones that have to be shoulder to shoulder with you through the good and through the adversity as well. And so each person has that and Stacey is that no matter what. So she's first. She knows football pretty good too. But professionally, it's Adam. Hey, guys, J.P. Finley with NBC4 and 106.7 The Fan. Um, Dan, this is a question for you. Your, your records as a defensive coordinator speak for themselves. It's all very impressive. When you were coaching in Atlanta, some of those defensive numbers weren't there. How do you take on your, your second chance here what you do differently as a D.C. versus a head coach? Yeah, isn't that the best? That's, uh, that's one of the lessons to take on to say, man, I've got to make sure, like, you know, after doing the 360 of leaving Atlanta of spreading myself too thin. And so, where I need to be is right there with the offense, right there with the defense and the special teams, and not allow outside things to not outside things in the organization, just more things to go. So, uh, the main thing, keep the main thing, the main thing, and that's the players and the team. And that's why you know, like I'll lean on Adam so hard. I didn't want anything other than that you know to be right there doing it. So good news I had some chances over the last three years to do that and to prove that and to delegate and make sure I could keep the main thing and focus right where it needed to be and that's when the best results come so uh, you can't turn back the clock but you do have to learn the lesson and that's what I wanted to make sure when I left Atlanta it was during the middle of the season and so you have time to reflect it's lonely it's disappointing it's depressing but you don't want to just rinse and repeat you want to make sure how do I take this change it and then make sure you get to prove it again. And so that was the silver lining in this, like I'm a better version of me today than I was, you know, three and four or five years ago. And so that's why I get to prove that. And then this one for Josh and Adam, throughout the coaching search, it seems like it's been very collaborative. At what point does the collaboration maybe cease a little bit and it becomes more of the traditional hierarchy that you talked about building or, or will it remain really collaborative throughout? Well, I think it's sort of
4: now. I mean, it's all collaborative. I mean, first of all, you're always going to be collaborative, and that's and the alignment amongst the three of us, amongst ownership, uh, obviously, coaching and front office is very important. But obviously, um, you know, I hired um, or I brought these these two gentlemen are sitting next to me because they know what they're doing, and they're going to Adam's going to run the uh, front office and the football ops, and Dan's going to run the coaching staff and the on-field uh, operation, and like. You know, I'll be there, obviously. and be. That was the
1: introductory press conference for your new head coach, Dan Quinn, alongside GM Adam Peters and Josh Harris. We've got to run. Appreciate everybody listening to the show. Day one of five shows live from Vegas for the Bud Light Big Game Week. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C. They'll break down what you're hearing from
2: Dan Quinn and more right here on 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM.